Hey everybody, my name is Tom and I'm the lead pastor here at Crossroads. Thanks for being with us this weekend. We are continuing in our series in the book of Acts. I had asked Ben to read from uh, chapter 19, those handful of verses right in the middle, because man, they just kind of really encapsulate the whole, um, the whole chapter. And if we zoom out a little bit, our, uh, our big idea for the whole book of Acts um, is kind of echoes what we read in those verses. When God's people submit to the work of his Holy Spirit, barriers are broken and people come to know and grow in Jesus. And as we think about the book of Acts, we think about the things that the Holy Spirit did, the extraordinary things that he did through ordinary people. There were thousands of people who came to a saving knowledge of Jesus. There were sick people who were healed. There were dead people who were raised. There were demon-possessed people who were, who were set free. Lives were transformed. And before we go any further into chapter 19, where we're picking up the story, I want to ground us in the bigger picture of the, of the biblical narrative. And I want to start with this. It's kind of um, our story as individuals, but also as humanity within the biblical picture. All of the Bible points to Jesus, and we're a character, if you will, in the, in the biblical storyline. So you and I were both created on purpose for a purpose. And that purpose was to be in a relationship with God that in a way that shines a bright light on him, that brings him glory, and that's for our good. But unfortunately, each one of us, every person throughout history, save Jesus, was born with this hereditary condition of sin. And um, as a result, we are separated from God. That relationship is severed. And so we have this problem. And fortunately for us, God did not think that problem of that sin was bigger than the importance of our relationship with him. That relationship is why Jesus came and walked as one of us. And he didn't just walk. He, he ran, he jumped, he probably even skipped at some point, and he definitely, definitely crawled as a baby. And he grew up and he lived this life perfectly. He showed us what it means to live life with God, to, to give and receive love to God and from God, to God, uh, others and from others. He did that perfectly. And because he did that perfectly, when he was falsely accused and arrested and tortured and beaten and eventually murdered, death could not hold him. He raised from the dead and he came back and he walked and he talked with his friends and he, he hung out with them and he shared some things with them about what was coming next. Actually, there were echoes of what he shared with them prior to his death and resurrection. He told them that when I go away, I must go away because without me going away, the other couldn't come. That other is the Holy Spirit. That's the person of God who comes and resides in you and in me. And each person throughout history who has ever believed in Jesus, the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in them, in us. So the Holy Spirit is the third person of the triune God of the Bible. God has existed eternally in three separate people with one essence. It's one of the great mysteries of our faith. It can be confusing. It can make your mind kind of get blown a little bit. Um, but that's the way God exists, and that's the way he interacts with us. And so we're going to see throughout the book of Acts that this Holy Spirit blows up the anchors of our past and the obstacles of our future, and they are no match for the supernatural power of this 
Holy Spirit. That's our big idea that comes out of Acts chapter 19. It's 41 verses, and uh, I've just picked kind of a couple of, of, of themes that jumped out at me as I, was, as I was studying this passage so I could talk about it with you guys. And those are um, that we are all gifted to face future obstacles and that we are all, through the power of the Holy Spirit, able to break free from the past. And we're going to... Um, we're going to jump in. We look at the first section of chapter 19, verses 1 through 12. There's actually two different kind of stories in those first 12 verses. And the first one is this. Paul comes across 12 guys who are trying to follow God as best they can with the knowledge that they have. That knowledge is incomplete. They don't even know there is such a person as the Holy Spirit. So Paul shows up and he teaches them and he prays with them and he prays for them and he lays hands on them and there's the term in the text says they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they began to do things that they could not do under their own power. Now, I just want to stop and pause for a second on this term, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, it can be confusing. If you have a little bit of a church background, there's some baggage with it. But I want to offer you two different definitions that will hopefully simplify it and just kind of ground us for the rest of our discussion. The first one is this. A baptism of the Holy Spirit is the work whereby the Spirit of God places the believer into union with Christ and into union with other believers in the body of Christ at the moment of salvation. Our relationship with God and our relationship with our brothers and sisters is powered by the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. Second definition, even simpler. A general term for all that the Holy Spirit does for us because of Christ. All that the Holy Spirit does for us because of Christ. That's what that term, baptism of the Holy Spirit, means. And we go back to those, those themes, right? We look at the ability to face future obstacles. The gifting we see for those 12 guys in the first um, couple of verses in chapter 19 came as a result of that baptism. Now, throughout history, from the moment of the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, every single believer when they become aware of their relationship with Jesus, when Jesus enters into them, that's at the moment that they receive the Holy Spirit. Right? Like I said, those guys didn't know the Holy Spirit was a thing. They, Paul taught them, prayed for them, and they, at that point, they were gifted. And just like we are too, we're going to talk about that in a second. But the, the next part of the, of the chapter, verses 8 through 12, some of what Ben read, is that there were these amazing things that were done because people touched what it said, the text says, handkerchiefs and apron, right? Basically, it was the gear that Paul wore when he was tent making. So it was like, think like a handkerchief, like a sweat rag, right? He was like mopping up his forehead and they were taking that and it was touching people and people were being healed. Without the Holy Spirit, that doesn't happen, right? Somebody's stinky sweat rag does not heal people without the Holy Spirit at work extraordinary things happen. So here's the deal. We can face all of our future obstacles because the Holy Spirit empowers all of us and he empowers each of us. And I want to break that down for you. He empowers all of us, right? Enters into all of us. And we have this relationship in which Jesus told his disciples and the, the followers that would come after them that we would do greater things than Jesus. That he said, you will do greater things than I. And as we look at that, it means two, it has two different, um, those greater things has two different categories. 
right? The first one is, yes, they're the, the activities. There's some supernatural stuff, miracles, healings, that kind of stuff. But there's also acts of love, right? That Jesus was limited to three years of ministry. The disciples had decades. We have lifetimes, right? When we come to the point of Jesus, we have, we have all that opportunity to share the love of Jesus with other people. We have that opportunity with the Holy Spirit walking with us to um, go throughout our daily lives empowered in a way that we previously weren't before that relationship with Jesus. And that means that we have um, supernatural power at our disposal to figure out how we're going to raise our kids in a crazy world, to figure out how we're going to make the mortgage payment this month, to, to figure out like how we share the love of Jesus with our coworkers and the, our classmates and the people we go to school with. The Holy Spirit is with us all the time. doesn't matter what, what you're facing in the future. The Holy Spirit is gifting you, is with you at that moment. So the second part of that, that's for all of us. But we're each uniquely created, uniquely wired in a way that God designed us. Remember I said you were created on purpose for a purpose. That means that I'm, my gifting is different than Ben's, is different than Stacy's, is we're all wired differently with specific gifts. And the Bible tells us that every believer has at least one spiritual gift, right? So, and that could be anything from artistry, musicianship. It could be um, people who are behind the scenes and are just great at, you don't even have to ask them to do something. They're just doing it before you, know, you even say anything and they do it with a smile and they do it with a great attitude. That's sometimes called the gift of helps. Right, the people who stand up here, sit up here. The, um, when when after I give a message, sometimes people will say to me, "Tom, I felt like you were talking directly to me." There's no way I could do that without the Holy Spirit. So when, just like those first guys that Paul taught and prayed for, we're given abilities to do things that we could not do under our own power, and each of us uniquely in our own way. So my question for you is, do you know? what your gifts, gift is, are. And sure, there are like online assessments. You can go take a, take a test and it will tell you that you, you, know, you have the gift of administration or whatever. Um, but I'm not crazy about those tests. And here's why, a couple of reasons. One is that um, I think you can manipulate them. The questions are such that, oh, all right. I think I would like to have the gift of leadership. So I'm gonna answer this question this way. Maybe it's me just being cynical. But, and the other thing is they're designed by people, so they're, they're limited. Here's my suggestion on how you go about figuring out the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you. Ask him. First and foremost, ask the Holy Spirit, how, how have you wired me to serve God and to serve others? That's what Scripture tells us, is that the Spirit gives gifts for the, the common good, for the development of everybody else. And once, do that first. Once you do that, you get kind of maybe you have an impression, an inkling. You ask some people around you who are close to you and who, tr- you, who you trust. And then go give something a try. Don't just sit back. Go try something. Ask us about pushing buttons in the, you know, in the tech deck. Ask about serving with kids. Ask, come to us and say, I think this is how the Spirit has gifted me. So whatever obstacles that you have in front of you, Whatever that might be, 
the Holy Spirit has gifted you primarily, first and foremost, with his presence. Right? When God says, I will never leave you, never forsake you, he means it because the Holy Spirit takes up residence. He is always with you. Whatever obstacles, stress, anxiety you have in front of you, the Holy Spirit will gift you to do that. And, and those challenges, those things that we worry about, those things that stress us out, Scripture promises that those things will be used for our good. Not that all things are good, but God can use them for good and for his glory. So whatever obstacles you have in front of you, the Holy Spirit will walk with you into them and empower you to face them. All right, so the other theme that I saw coming out of chapter 19 was this, the ability to break free from the past. So in those verses 17 through 20, there was a group of people who were, they were magicians. And that was what they did for a living. That's how they made their money. Um, And Paul taught them and spent some time with them. And they came to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. And their worlds were changed. Their lives were turned upside down. So much so, they were so transformed that they brought all of their magic books together. The books that had all of their spells in them worth thousands of dollars, not because they were like bound in leather and but because of the spells, the people placed that much value in that magic, thousands of dollars, and they burnt them. They had a bonfire. They, that's how much they wanted to leave that old life behind. That's how much the Holy Spirit was saying, you don't have to live like that anymore. There's better stuff out there for you, in front of you. So that might seem daunting, seem intimidating, but it begs a question for us. What is it that, um, that we might need to leave behind? What is it that we feel compelled to say, like, that, that was my life before I knew Jesus. I don't need that anymore. Or that's not good for me. Maybe, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's a mindset, right? We get, we get just ingrained in our brains certain thought patterns. And as we come to know Jesus, we're like, oh, my gosh. That's, that's not how God made me to think. And we can, we can leave that behind. I think about other things that, that we might, things that we look to for security, right? Or where we figure like, that's, that's gonna be my saving grace. That's gonna be my salvation. Maybe it's your checkbook, right? Maybe Christ is, is entering into your life and you're feeling this little nudge like, hey, you should start giving some money away. Hey, hey, you should start giving some money away. Or if you're, you've been walking with Jesus for a while and you have been faithfully giving, maybe that nudge is, hey, maybe you should give a little more. Maybe you should give a little more because that money is holding you back. That's an anchor from your past. It's holding you back. You let go of it and watch what happens. Maybe it's letting go of the idea of self-sufficiency, of wanting to be your own God, of wanting to make your own, own rules. When, when, like sometimes my head will go there. And I will tell you, it, for me personally, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's so much easier to let God be God and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit than try to control everything. And I think um, there's one more thing I'll throw out there. Uh, that we, for those of us who have children, right, we tend to 
not all of us, but it's a habit that some of us can fall into. We place the success of our children, we place our, our security in that. That's what's going to save us, right? We're going to do everything that we can to make our kids successful. So maybe the nudging, maybe the prompting that you're feeling is, man, I got I to gotta rein the family schedule in. Maybe the prompting is, man, I, we, should, um, we should really pray as a, pray as a family. Maybe we should like read a verse of scripture at dinner or something. And it doesn't have to be like our, our family devotions were, that's a really overly generous term for how we tried to, to incorporate our family devotions. And it was just like, read a verse or did you, you know, what one, what's one thing you can say thank you for to Jesus for? But maybe that's the nudge, right? Maybe it's like, okay, my kid doesn't have to, you know, be a three varsity athlete and doesn't have to go to an Ivy League school and doesn't have to do all this other stuff. And maybe that's, that's the nudging. So here's, here's a, a scary prayer that I would, um, I would put in front of you. Whatever those things are that are, that are holding you back, the anchors from your past, the things that, that keep you from growing in your relationship with Jesus, Ask the Holy Spirit, say, here's this thing, here's this relationship, here's this habit. If it's getting in the way, if it's holding me back, please take it from me. And if it's not, would you give it back to me and bless it? Whatever those obstacles are, I know, I know some of your stories and I know there's some really heavy things that weigh you down, that hold you back. Walking with the Holy Spirit, you can face those and you can leave them behind. So what, that's a lot of information about the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I wanted to say at the beginning, like, it's, the Holy Spirit is mysterious. It's hard to understand. I didn't go into a lot of detail. We did a whole month last January, January 2020, on the Holy Spirit. So if this is like piqued your interest, maybe that's the nudge, right? Maybe you need to know more about the Holy Spirit. So go back and watch those messages from January 2020 on, um, on the Holy Spirit. I think it's, it was uh, What is God? And the subtitle was Power for the month of, of January. Um, so here we go, you guys. Throughout the book of Acts, Peter and Paul and Silas and Stephen, they teach people about Jesus and they're like, well, what should we do? And the response is, repent and believe. Do you want to change? Do you want to leave that old life behind? Then ask Jesus for forgiveness. That's the repentance. Believe, trust him that he's got you. Repent and believe. Do you want to walk through the rest of your days knowing that the Holy Spirit reside, is residing in you and is empowering you for the everyday and the supernatural? And, and some of you are here and you, like, you have already received that, but you're not walking in it. You know who the Holy Spirit is, but you, you hear the little nudges and you ignore them. Right? And the thing about those nudges is it, the more we ignore them, they get harder and harder to hear. It's like this voice that talks and it gets softer and it gets softer and it gets harder to hear. But when we respond to the Holy Spirit, his voice gets louder and clearer and sounds like me coming through this microphone. 
when we walk in the knowledge of the power that the Holy Spirit provides for us to glorify God and for the good of others, the Bible tells us that we're more than conquerors. Those fears that we have in front of us, the anchors of our past, are left behind and they're conquered by the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us. Is today your day to repent and believe? Is today your day to receive that power that comes from the Holy Spirit? Maybe today is your day to just continue that walk, doing the everyday things empowered by the Holy Spirit, keeping your eyes open for divine appointments. And maybe today for the first time, for the first time in a long time, you would know what it means to live in the power of the Holy Spirit as more than a conqueror. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you so much that, uh, that you come to us and that we have this part of God that resides in us that, that guarantees our eternity with you. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Father, for those out there who are maybe taking a, a big step of faith today, God, I, uh, I know that you're there with open arms to welcome them. And God, we want to celebrate with them. Father, I pray for this whole community that we would go forward from this day with an increased knowledge of your power that resides in each one of us, a power that will help us grow into the people that you created us to be, but also a power that will change the world around us. God, would you do that in us and through us? Holy Spirit, we love you and we thank you. Amen.